You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your host, Lewin Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And also, in case you are not following us on Twitter or just haven't happened, just to, see haven't happened to see it, uh, Taylor and I are now officially engaged. We are. What? Shut up. You didn't. <laughs> don't even. Don't, don't even try. You yeah. knew before almost everybody else did. I, yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I literally did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that only really makes sense if you were there for the bit before we started recording, which you wouldn't have been. Yeah. Yeah. So. Probably. Unless. Mm. Is our FBI agent listening to this? Probably. They'd have, they'd have heard it. With all of our search history, probably. Oh God, yeah, we're on, we're on some lists, certainly. Almost certainly, yes. Like we have to be. But yeah, uh, we went out on our little anniversary anniversary vacation, and uh, I decided that that was going to be the best time, and it was. <laughs> and it yeah. was. If and it would have been, if it would have been on any other day, she would have said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. precisely. Mm-hmm. But clearly, yeah. we are now engaged and in the wedding planning process, it- which is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, send your RSVPs to... No. 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 We haven't even got to that point yet, please. <laughs> God. <laughs> please. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have to account for the fact that we're going to invite all of our listeners to your wedding? Uh, do, do you think the venues you're looking at can handle that? No. Like, I, I don't know how many concurrent listeners we actually have, but I'm okay. almost certain that it is way over the limit to the venues we've looked at. <laughs> or the ones that are way outside of our budget. Okay, that. That, that can be our next Twitter poll. Would you in-person attend Taylor Travis's one? God, oh, no. We sh- that, that's, no. No. So anyway, no. all of that... Yes, off of that, uh, we just wanted to make the announcement on the podcast, just in case, like I said, you didn't see it on Twitter, you're not following us, either way, we just wanted to share the news. Another time that we make like a casual reference to you guys being engaged or whatever, and somebody who didn't know is like, what? What? When did that happen? Surprise! Yay! Yay. Now you're in the know. Yay. Yeah. So also, also on the uh, on the note of of jewelry of the less exciting variety, <laughs> I did get my tongue pierced like eight days ago, and the difficulty speaking is mostly gone. But like, if you hear a a little weird, <laughs> just a little weird, if there's a weird lisp or something. Just, don't just clog, some, don't clog me on it or do I really don't care. But I'm just letting you know that's the, why. That's why she decided to put a hole. Listen, in I'm just really I'm just really excited about it. Okay, look, it's exciting. It's very exciting. You should you should you should yeah. be, be happy to share the news with people. That you yes. can't see it, but I'm blapping right now. 
Uh, speaking of that, uh, so what uh, what have you got for us on this episode? I have dragons. We're back. Well, We're back to that. We have more dragons. We do. <laughs> you guys, there are so many fucking kinds of dragons. I swear to God, there are so many dragons. Um, so fucking kinds of dragons. Yeah, uh, like Tiamat. That too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Travis, I believe in your uh, episode, this is kind of a, a meeting of the minds of Taylor and Travis's last episodes. Like, Oh, nice. Like, converged. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I don't have any original thoughts, and I just have to steal all of my ideas from my friends and peers. So, <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Um, Travis, in the Bargast episode, you mentioned the... Was it the Bargast? You mentioned the Dragon's Bestiary. Uh, yes, I believe so. Which was a, um, recurring segment, I guess, of, um, Dragon Magazine for a period of time. Yes. And Taylor, your, uh, last episode was Lung Dragons. Yeah. So I was like, I just looked at a list of... Dragon's Bestiaries? Yeah, of the Dragon's Bestiary, um, columns. Columns, that was the word I was looking for. And... I guess it's their kind of, I think they, they do, they've done some of them separate from this, um, sort of release schedule, I guess. But I believe they traditionally did a Dragon's Bestiary article on dragons, mm-hmm. um, annually, like on kind of, I guess, what would be like the anniversary issue of, uh, the Dragon's Bestiary. Yeah. So there were a handful um, of these specifically about dragons. And so I was like, oh, these are pretty interesting. And most of them, well, some of them do appear in other editions and what have you. For the most part, it kind of works. They work as their own self-contained thing. So that way you don't have to listen to me list off 10 different dates for 10 different source <laughs> books. And also maybe is a, a series of, of appetizers or d'oeuvres, if you will, before maybe a more um, substantial look at more widely published types of dragons, let's say. Okay, <laughs> so we have a whole bunch of just different... Kinds of dragons. Random kinds of dragons. 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 Specialty dragons, essentially. Okay, so, I today, like we are going to be looking at Dragon Magazine issue 134, which was published in 1988. And the article is entitled The Dragon's Bestiary, Dragons of Earth, Sea, and Space. Dragons of Space. <laughs> Sorry, so, I like space. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, space is pretty cool. It, it just, I, the reason I was laughing was because it ju- was just kind of out there with the other. Yeah, space is pretty out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we go into the specific types of dragons there are some i guess like parameters that i'm gonna lay out (laughs) okay Okay. i don't know why that sounds funny anyway um so all of the different types of dragons discussed in this article share a majority of abilities and traits with the more common types of true dragons so unless stated otherwise all of these dragons because, I mean, there are some exceptions, but unless otherwise stated, these different types of dragons share those aspects with true dragons. Um, these include, but are not, well, I say the more common variety of true dragons, because some of these are true dragons, 
I think they're all meant to be true dragons, but I don't necessarily agree with that. We'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> so these uh, abilities and traits include, but are not limited to, the same age category progression as regular dragons, um, 60-foot range of infravision senses that allow them to detect hidden slash invisible creatures within one... They, they use the inch marker, but I'm pretty sure this is like one square. So, you know, one five-foot square because otherwise you'd have to be like right up on right up which would just make no sense which would make no sense for a dragon yeah Yeah. um so one square per age level a fear aura that appears at an adult age improves saving throws a penchant for treasure that allows them to be bribed and an Hmm. ego that allows them to be flattered beautiful so you know (laughs) despite some of the things that make these dragons very unique on the whole, they share most of these characteristics. Okay. So, uh, first we're going to talk about the Aquatic Dragon, which this section was written by Gregory Detweiler. Uh, Thank you, Gregory. <laughs> yeah, I believe we've mentioned him before, and I think it was Probably. about dragons. <laughs> Probably. Hmm. He seems to be a... Uh, dragon man? A dragon man himself. Ah, I see you're a man of culture as well. So, <laughs> the aquatic dragon is a water-breathing dragon more closely related to terrestrial dragons than dragon turtles or lung wang, though the aquatic dragon does not have wings and cannot fly. Sad. Yeah. I mean, they they, they, they get on fine. Sad, but also kind of makes sense given aquatic. aquatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they trust me, they get on fine. Um, they are about 70 feet long. Jesus. And sea green in color with four clawed feet and a spike tip tail. So they kind of look more like, in my opinion, kind of like, I guess, sharper long dragons. You know, like that very traditional, like kind of long serpentine, but they're like less. Yeah. I would say like spikier and less regal looking, if that makes right. sense. Right. They, they got more spiky bits. Yes. More pointy edges. Um, so they cannot breathe air, but can take in large amounts of water in order to hold their breath for 10 rounds at a time, though this prevents them from using their strong bite attack. So they literally just dig a big old gulp of water ah. and then get out of the water, kind of like the inverse of what you do. Before you I was going to say, underwater. it's just like the exact opposite of a normal... Yeah, I mean, which makes sense. So uh, this ability allows them to raid vessels on the water surface and communities on nearby coastlines. Uh, aquatic dragons are viviparous, which means they give birth to live young. But um, interesting. No elaboration is given on their feelings towards child rearing or just that process at all. So <laughs> they just, just kinda... say, "Oh yeah, they give birth to live young." That's it. That's yeah. It. Don't worry about it. That, that's all you get. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're not gonna we're not gonna discuss how many at a time or you know, if they just cast them out or if they raise them. We're not gonna talk about how they fuck. Just they give birth the to Lavion. Lewin aspects. Hey, listen. You know what I picture? What? Like seahorse style. <gasps> yeah. Like birth, where there's just so many and I use quotes with this tiny aquatic dragon is just like spurting out. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's what that's happens. That's a vivid image. I'm I not think, gonna lie. You're very I welcome. think that's probably what happens with terrestrial dragons too. They just look a little bit different. <laughs> a little more, um. Thank you for your <laughs> hand, hand gestures. gestures. 
Y'all know. Anyway, uh, aquatic dragons are lawful evil for some reason. Um, okay. <laughs> this is another one of those. It's it because they can. Be. Like it's not like I'm opposed to it. I just wish that there was a reason. Like, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I don't think there's enough information that's kind of given about. Okay. Their well, their lifestyle. I get lifestyle, right. lifestyles of the rich and dragon, um, <clears throat> to substantiate either the idea that they would be lawful evil or would not be lawful evil. It's just kind of like okay mentioned like well, there rather there's not enough to substantiate whether or not they would be lawful or be something else. Okay, I can say pretty confidently. I feel like they're probably evil, but anyway. Um, aquatic dragons can live in both fresh and salt water, as well as in any depth of the ocean due to a magical immunity to changes in water pressure. No dragon jam if you bring them up too fast, <laughs> which is helpful. That, that, I mean, that is pretty damn useful. So they can live at literally any depth yeah. and be just totally fine. Yeah. And a little frightening as well. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I'm going to. Thanks. Don't worry, don't worry about the ocean, guys. It's fine. Um, so the entrances of their layers are tangled with seaweed, uh, one strand of which the beast ties around its tail before it goes to bed, thus awaking the dragon if anything tries to enter their layer, thus disturbing the seaweed. Which that is pretty smart. <laughs> incredibly smart. Yeah. It's like their own nice little uh, uh, homemade alarm system. I like it. Um, their layers also frequently feature strangleweed, as their pressure resistance and muscular necks make them immune to the strangling effect of the plant. So alternatively, like, it, <laughs> it feels the the seaweed, like, pull on its tail, and it, like, wakes up and, like, cranes its neck over, and you're just getting choked out by fucking seaweed. <laughs> and, and it's, it's like, like eh. oh, okay, eh. a snack for when I wake up. Nah, Goes thanks. back to bed. <laughs> fucking strangleweed. So they're also immune to strangling effects. Uh, well, well, or just this one. Well, see, the thing is, is that this is the only one that it says they're immune to. But I feel like this could be one of those cases where that really annoying player, or since it's the dragon, more accurately, probably that really annoying DM could be like, you know, I'm going to take this and say it's immune to all strangling effects. Right, because they're not <laughs> specifically clear on that. Yeah. Okay. Sea serpent. Versus aquatic dragon, <laughs> like it's like I, I guess I'm thinking sea serpent is in like, um, like anaconda kind of thing, right? Where it would try to strangle it. Um, mm -hmm. sure. Well, who would win? I um, don't place your bets now. Not humanity. But yeah, humanity just loses altogether in this. Like, right? That's fine. Actually, we're gonna talk about why. The, the dragon would probably win. So, um, they are very intelligent. Um, their intelligence is categorized as high and almost all are capable of speech, i.e. 95%. Uh, but very few use magic due to the difficulty of acquiring and using spellbooks and scrolls in an underwater environment. Cause paper. Paper is a thing. Paper is a thing oh, and it yeah. tends to lose, uh, just something just effectiveness something it. when it gets wet <laughs> mm, yeah i mean unless they somehow manage to find like new better paper an enchanted paper, paper that is waterproof but paper can too. still also be like <laughs> inked on laminated paper laminated okay yeah that we answered the question <laughs> laminated spell books for your friendly aquatic dragon yes but how would you write on it 
You write on it first, and then you laminate it, Travis. Duh. But how will they do that? I don't know. Okay, someone is going to... Someone... Some artificer or whatever is going to invent a laminator. Hmm. Anyway. Thanks uh, for the idea. (laughs) (laughs) See, some people in D&D invent things like guns or whatever. Oh, no, I'm going to do No, he's going to invent a laminator. (laughs) He's going to invent them both. It's going to be great. Yeah. A laminating gun. Yes. A particularly interested and or determined aquatic dragon... Uh, may have a cavernous portion of their layer filled with air in order to preserve papers. So they just, you know. Okay, I mean, that I'm imagining like a, a little bit thing. of like a like a you know, like you get those caves and stuff. That yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it's it. It's kind of like if like you know a boat tips upside down and sinks. There's like an air pocket that can just sit there even if it's fully submerged. Yeah. yeah. True. Uh, They are also particularly interested in magical items that fill the lungs of the user with water, which water or which air breathing creatures would deem cursed, uh, as Hmm. these would allow them to remain out of the water for longer. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, basically a potion of air breathing. Yeah, essentially. Just like a very longer form of. Mm -hmm. My brain died whenever I was trying to say that. It's okay. It just didn't. Hey, sometimes it sometimes it be that way. Yeah. People think it don't be that way, but it do. But it do. So even without prolific use of magic, aquatic dragons are very dangerous. Uh, they are surprisingly maneuverable when underwater for being so large. Um, a little bit less so on land. Like, they move slower on land, but... But they're still dragons. They're not... Yeah. I mean, and like I said, they have legs and feet. They're not SOL when they're on land, as long as they um, have enough water. Um, and in one round, they can use four claw, one bite, and one tail attack. I'm oh. sorry. Yeah. What? Yeah. They literally get one attack for each of their feet. <laughs> they can do six attacks in one round. Oh, oh, but if they're, I mean, if they're out of the water. Then they can only do five. Yeah, they don't have their bite attack because they oh. got to keep their mouth closed. Oh, what them. a nerf. I know. What a nerf. <laughs> get nerfed, son. <laughs> Jesus. So, three times a day, they can use their breath weapon. We got some fun breath weapons in this Ooh. one. Uh, which is a cloud of heavy particles that, when exposed to water, undergo a chemical reaction. The resulting 15 by 60 foot cone-shaped like cloud is affected as though struck by a lightning bolt attack for 4 to 40 damage, most often used on the underside of ships to blast away the bottom and leave the, the oh ship to sink. Oh my god. Fuck, man. So unfortunately, they unfortunately they couldn't do the the little like capsized ship thing because they just blow out the fucking yeah bottom. they just fucking blow <laughs> out the bottom of it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it'll just sink. I'll get to it here in a minute. Yeah, um, this breath weapon has no effect in the air, so they're kind of. I mean, they like to. You know, raid ships and coastal communities and kill people and take their stuff. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Like, who doesn't? That's relatively evil. It just feels like the assignment of lawful to them was a little like they had to pick something. Yeah, just like spin the little three part wheel and it landed on lawful instead of neutral or chaotic. So they're like, all right, lawful evil. Yeah. I, again, there needs to be more like explanation as to why exactly the lawful part is there. I but... mean, apparently not. Yeah, just use your imagination, I guess. I guess. So next we're going to talk about 
I mean, the, the well, we're going to talk about the one that I have the most uh, umbrage of these. Oh, boy. Of course we are. <laughs> to con- well, okay, I have umbrage with considering them true dragons, but I take no umbrage with these creatures at large because they... They fuck really hard. And that is the Ichthyo Drake. What? That sounds exciting. Is that what, what I think? I think you, I think it is what you think it is. And this is also by Gregory Detweiler. Thank you, Gregory. Thank you, Gregory. Um, are large, and by large, I mean 100 feet long. Deep green colored creatures resembling huge fish with dragon heads. They look like shark dragons. Yes. They're shark dragons. Yeah, well, they're a little bit less, like, they don't have the triangular shape fin on the back so much like sharks, but they basically look like sharks with dragon faces. Right. Yeah, my image, the image in my head was just very large fish, so, I mean, I'm not technically wrong. Yeah, I mean, you sharks are, are technically wrong. very large fish. Um, they're regarded as one of the most fearsome marine predators, believe it or not. What? <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one coming. And are, quote, apparently distant relatives of true dragons. I will say the wording in in both these individual articles and also in... Because there, there's a little section um, in front basically talking about what I explained at the top of the episode about how, unless otherwise stated that these variants share XYZ traits with true dragons. So it's not quite clear, like the wording is a little contradictory on whether or not these are meant to be considered true dragons or if they're just related. But anyway, they are apparently distant relatives of true dragons, which is why they mostly look like sharks. Um, (laughs) They share the same age category progression, sensory powers, sans infravision. They do not have infravision. Uh, fear aura and saving throw bonuses with other dragons. Okay. However, ichthyodrakes are much less intelligent. <laughs> they have an animal intelligence, which is very unusual for anything dragon or dragon adjacent. It is. Yeah. That, um, yeah. That's a, a step down. Yeah. Um, and therefore cannot speak or use magic. Um, this lack of meaningful intelligence also makes it impossible to bribe or flatter them. They also, quote, never seem, end quote, to sleep. Uh, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> they don't. They No, I think what it means is that how it looks like sharks don't sleep because they never stop swimming. Okay. I think that's what it's in reference to. So they don't sleep. Well, well they, shar- sharks sleep, but they keep swimming. Yeah. Because they would die if they didn't. Yeah. So I think this is a similar situation. It doesn't say that they that this is the case, but my only thought was that it was kind of meant to be like a cheeky. But Lewin, as an s- aspiring yeah. former marine biologist, would, would yeah. pick up on that. Right. That um, was my thought was that it was kind of a cheeky reference to real life sharks. Given that it's based off of like, you know. Sharks. Sharks. That would also make sense. Yeah. Um, ichthyodrakes are neutral in alignment, which I take no umbrage with because they Animal. are angry animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just kind of do the, what they're, they're their They're the tiger sharks of Dungeons and Dragons. Except for the tiger sharks that I'm sure exist in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, yeah. These are the <laughs> tiger sharks of dragons. <laughs> of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dragons. Mm-hmm. dragons. 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 Dragon dragons. Um, are top tier, are the top tier marine predator, excuse me, um, using vibrations from their fins to attract predatory fish within a 10 mile radius to them. 
Uh, so think sharks, barracudas, etc. Upon right. which the fish are attacked and eaten. Oh. So I think that they feel these vibrations and are like, oh, hey, let's go check that out and probably eat it. And then it's an Ichthyo Drake. And it's like, call an ambulance. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, well, them. because there are several predatory fish in real life that if something is in distress, that's what they exactly, use to yeah. hunt yeah. because mm-hmm. something's in distress and making all this noise and it's injured and easy prey. Yeah, so the ichthyodrake essentially mimics that. And then it's and like, then, surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. And then you roll up and it's a hundred foot long fish dragon and you're like, ooh. Oh. Also, uh, can I just say, a hundred foot long fish dragon mm-hmm. is like nightmare fuel. Don't you just yeah. love the ocean, Travis? <laughs> no. The ocean can suck it. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of uh, these things being terrifying, ichthyodrakes are so large that they can swallow a normal-sized shark whole. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Their jaws are literally that big. And after being swallowed, any prey takes 2 to 12 acid damage per round until digested. Um, Digested characters cannot be revived by any method short of of a wish, but may leave behind any magic or metallic gear that managed to save versus acid. So your friend is dead, but, but there's a chance that his plate mail might still be okay. So, you know, so, go for that. Shit's expensive. Yeah. You're so. dead, but you can't take it with you. And uh, sell it to... Well, I was going to say sell it to buy a diamond for Revivify, but it wouldn't work because he got digested. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Nope, you would have to bribe someone with the wish spell. Yep. Or to cast a wish spell, not with it, because well, I mean, you would just be wasting yeah. it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me deprive you with this wish spell to bring my friend back. Um, Fuck. <laughs> with a wish spell. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. Like I would just, I would not see the, I would not see the forest for the tree. <laughs> oh, but then I would realize what I'd done like right after. Uh, Fuck. Fuck. Like, well, all right, guys, we have to try something else. This isn't going to work. Bribe him again. <laughs> and this is why I am never the face of the party. <laughs> Um, ichthyodrakes do possess a breath weapon, if everything else about them wasn't, um, oh, already God. fuck I you. Do I want to know what their breath weapon is, though? Yeah. Okay. Um, for one, it is primarily used against more powerful foes, such as entire ships or adventuring parties. It's not something they use really to hunt, because they can swallow a shark whole. They don't right. Yeah, they they're, don't they're need, not worried about it. They don't need a breath weapon to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, this is a sonic blast that manifests as a 20-foot-long by 80-foot-wide cone. Uh, any creature within this AoE takes 4 to 40 points of damage, and all non-living objects must save versus a crushing blow. Um, I'm assuming that otherwise they're destroyed. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Hey, Lou, and I've got one for you. You may not have heard, heard of this one before. I do not like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, this whole is very, um, very Subnautica vibes. Yes. It is. Yeah, it makes me think that of that. That is the, another frightening thing here. Yeah, it makes me think, I mean, not quite, because it's, I mean, it's realistically very different, but kind of makes me think of the, uh, the Reaper Leviathan. Oh, well, that's spoilers for Travis. Oh, well. But yes. I, honestly, oh. you know what? I wouldn't have even thought that, because I thought that no force in this world, would get Travis to play Subnautica. <laughs> I have how, actually played it before. Given like, how you how much you don't like the ocean. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Playing that game is 
terrifying, but it's also a very good game. I mean, yeah, it's a very good game. It's a beautiful game, but... I just feel like it's something that you would not have ever wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole. Well, spoiler alert, there's also no ichthyodrakes in there, unfortunately. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, Yeah, they would have had some issues with copyright. Yeah, Um, probably. (laughs) So the ichthyodrake is described as having, quote, no, no natural enemies, end quote, um, sans, like, extraneous fact, like adventuring parties, for example. Um, And this makes me hope that they do not reproduce too quickly or in very large numbers because the article provides no information about the reproductive habits, Um, which is probably good because they would have had to skirt around talking about shark penises. So, Which I'm going to assume is probably a fairly dodgy subject. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah, shark penises are... Extent. They are certainly extant, and uh, I mean, I'm not the person to explain about them because I don't think I have a good clasp on the situation, but... I have no clasp on the situation, but I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah, you really don't. So, thanks. (laughs) So, uh, I think with that, uh, we're going to take a break. So that uh, you can explain the clasp clasp situation? To Travis, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Don't don't look it up. I'm you know what I'm not going to. I'm just not. Yeah, well, that was more for the audience. Oh. Yeah, if you don't already know, you probably don't want to know. Just thank us for yeah. Thank us later. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out our episode on the dragons of the dragons bestiary of Dragon Magazine. Dragons, 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 dragons. Yeah, last last dragon episode we had dragon dragons and now we have dragon dragon dragons. And so many dragons. So we still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. They have a lot of beautiful dice, dice accessories, dice towers, dice trays. Uh, sharp dice. Exclusive sets of dice. Yes. Oh which, yes. Uh, if you will recall Last year, we did a giveaway for those. Oh, we should do another one of those. You know, I was thinking about that. We'll have to figure the details on that yeah, out. Yeah, you're interested yeah, this in us. Do- yeah, yeah. If, uh, this isn't a promo for a giveaway, but if you are interested in us doing, doing another giveaway. One. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Come, yeah. To think, come to think of it, it's been a while since our last one. Anyway, um, in the interim, you can purchase your own sets of dice, and you can use our code Dungeonpedia for 10% off of your entire order. Yeah, savings. Is, savings. And that is, can you put Metallic Dice Games on your register? On your registry? Oh, you know what? Probably not, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Buy Taylor and Travis dice for their wedding. <laughs> I mean. And when you do. If you're a relative of ours and you're, what, and you're listening to this, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Go away. <laughs> that one. <laughs> or, I mean, my mom can hang. Anyway, uh, you can use the blah, blah, blah. Take the blah, blah, blah. The blah, blah, blah. Uh, one more time, that is offer code Dungeonpedia at MetallicDiceGames.com. We do, of course, still have our Patreon going. Uh, if you'd like to support us more directly there, it's just Dungeonpedia. We have two tiers available right now. We're still Ooh. in the talks of trying to figure out something else for a higher tier. We we mentioned on Twitter and um, a little bit on the ad break the possibility of doing some fun some fun little extra audio bits, and I'll just we'll just tease with that. Yeah, but we're still trying to figure that out. But if you want, you can support us there. You can have access to our notes and uh, some of the pictures that we throw in there, and 
honestly, all of the random stuff that we have to skip or just, uh, you know, can't talk right. Yeah. It happens. It Sometimes happens. talking is hard. <laughs> and, of course, uh, our unending gratitude for your support. Of course. Always that. Uh, you can also follow us on our Twitter and Instagram, which are both also just at Dungeonpedia, to get more uh, updates and pictures and fun, crazy facts and everything of that fun sort. If you have any suggestions for topics or just want to email us and tell us how bad we're doing or how good we're doing or... <laughs> how neutral we are. Just anything in general, you can uh, send us that email at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. There are also other ways to be notified beyond just our Twitter whenever we post new episodes, and that's by subscribing on anywhere where you can subscribe to podcasts. I know there are a million different apps for it. Just the one of your choosing, that one, you can do it there. Yeah, that one. <laughs> it works. And that way, depending on when the app updates, you get uh, you get notifications as soon as we go live instead of having to wait for us to get around to that good old Twitter. Yeah. On some of those apps, they also have little sections where you can rate, review, that sort of thing, which we would really appreciate, especially on like iTunes and stuff like that. That stuff really helps us get seen. Yes, please. Honestly, even if you don't listen to us on like iTunes, if you feel... If you feel at all like you have free time and you just want to... Do this nice thing. We would be eternally grateful. If you feel inclined to do so. Go leave a review and rate us. That would be so wonderful. And, of course, the thing that we are most grateful for is your continued spreading of the word of Dungeonpedia. And then most people are like, what the fuck does that mean? And then you're like, here, listen. Exactly. You sound like you're proselytizing. Okay, listen, I... I'm trying to be cute and funny, and it's not working, per usual. <laughs> Taylor tries to be cute and funny, accidentally starts a cult. Wouldn't be the first time the, today. The cult of the dragon, dragon, dragons. Dragon. Dragon, dragon, dragons. Because the cult of the dragon's already taken, so we can't use that Anyway, one. this is a mess. Round it down. <laughs> uh, and, as always, a very big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Always nice and fun. And with that, let's... Kill this ad break and just go back to it. Yes, let's do that. So, um, this next type may or, well, <laughs> I was going to say may or may not sound familiar. Um, not the name of it, but the concept. Uh, so next we're going to be talking about astral dragons. Oh, yeah. And this was, this uh, section was also written by Gregory Detweiler. He's just on a roll. He is on a roll with all of these. So um, astral dragons, per this article, are different from the battle dragons and pack dragons that were, in essence, the astral, astral dragons. planar dragons. As discussed in the Planar Dragons episode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just that a lot was of a sentence and a half. There's just a lot of adjectives and descriptors and re- self-referential. Also, fair warning, this is not going to be the last time I tell you, go listen to this other episode that I did about dragons in this episode. This is the Lewin <laughs> self-advertised... Yeah, this is just the... The Tangled Web I Weave. <laughs> the self-titled album of yes. dragon content. So, um, 
Per this article, astral dragons are silver-colored dragons that resemble eastern lungs in that they have long, which is 80 feet long, serpentine bodies with no wings and a special organ in their heads that allow them to fly. Okay. Um, so it's not quite... I mean, there were some um, images given, but they were black and white, and depending on the image, they were kind of those that were like... I don't mean to be rude, but... Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's got that, like, kind of real thick line work that kind of makes it hard to tell what's going on. So it's not, they don't necessarily have that, like, forehead pearl, but, like, they could. We're not sure. We're not sure. They could. I'm just saying, I feel like as a DM, you could make that call and give them that pearl and it'd be fine. However, uh, they are clumsy when walking on surfaces affected by gravity, because the astral plane doesn't have gravity. Right, they're used to no gravity. And just flying around. And when you introduce them to some gravity, they are just screwed. Whoop, there goes gravity. Also, (laughs) distinguishing them from the aforementioned types of dragons is the fact that they are natives of the astral plane, because this was discussed in the Plane of Dragons episode... You can finish this one before you go listen to that one. I won't be mad at you. Um, well, I wasn't really a full mad. I won't be mad at you even if you don't go listen to that one. Anyway, um, as discussed in the Planar Dragons episode, um, Planar Dragons are dragons that are not from the, uh, you know, the astral plane, the elemental chaos, whatever. They're dragons that have been transformed by the magical energies uh, from their time there. Yeah, they're so, not actually native to. Exactly. Which these astral dragons are. Um, they can traverse the planes as though using the plane shift ability uh, at a speed of one plane per round. Jesus. So, liter- what the fuck? Yeah, they literally Holy just God. blink and they're in another plane. Which is... Insane. Uh, yeah. Like they can just... Just every six seconds, they can just poof into yep. a new plane. Um, their coloring is also similar to the kind of silvery blur uh, of the astral plane itself, which enhances their ability to blend in. And their vision can see through this aforementioned blur for up to 10 miles, which makes it impossible to surprise them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No shit. I mean, they can see for 10 fucking miles. Yep. Uh, they seemingly need little food, but like to gorge themselves when presented with the opportunity. And this is usually on an unfortunate Githyanki war party. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're in the astral plane. The it, is it really unfortunate from what we learned of the Githyanki, though? No. I mean, like, really, it's probably just kind of helping at that karma. point. Karma. <sighs> Dang. I- I'm just saying. The yeah. Githyanki are not nice people. I just, I think I, I want, as a. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stated this multiple times in the Gith Yankee episode. I want them to be nice people. Yeah. I want to like the Gith Yankee because I like them. Um, I want to like them because I like them. Hey, Which you know what I mean? I do, I do. You people who like villains and shit, in the, you know what I mean? You can like them all you want. I'm just saying, for uh, the other side of that, it is not an unfortunate thing. Well, it's unfortunate for them. From their for per- sure. From their oh, yeah. perspective, it's very unfortunate. It's definitely unfortunate because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, whatever. Um, astral dragons are neutral in alignment. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess that can make sense. Yeah, it kind of fits. Because they don't really seem to have any, like, specific agenda. Yeah, yeah. I think it just it fits their kind of vibe a lot better than, like, yeah. other well, I was gonna neutral say that, dragons. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it fits their almost aloof, like, almost above-it-all vibe, and then I realized mm. I was describing a lawful good paladin. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't and, know why I felt the need to bring the paladin. And we word all into know it. how you feel about paladins. I mean, we all know how I feel about most lawful good people in general. Um, sorry, Fair. Muhammad. <laughs> so, uh, female astral dragons lay one egg every few hundred years. Uh, initially, the egg is five feet in diameter, but as the female carries it with her for many more years, which I just realized in my brain harkens back to the um, myths about long dragons carrying around pearls that held their souls. It's very visually similar to that. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, it swells to ten feet in diameter. Um, after this, eventually a hole opens at one end from which the infant dragon emerges. Yes, it was described precisely that way as opposed to the dragon forcing its way out. <laughs> so right. I don't really know what's going Honestly, I don't know what's going on with this egg. We'll, we'll, so they we'll come to see why. They reproduce very... Irregularly. Irregularly. There we go. That's the word. Yeah. And it also, unfortunately, does not talk about how they fuck. So I don't know if this is just... Are they just like... Asexual reproduction here? Just I mean, they given, produce an egg. Given the fact that they, hmm, yeah, see, yeah. maybe it's like I, don't I know, mean, man. I feel like if they would, if they were to were going with that angle, they would have mentioned it, or maybe just not felt the need to specify female. But I could be wrong. I, it wouldn't be the first time an asexual, um, like any sexual fiction, <laughs> fictional race. Particularly in Dungeons and Dragons was given gender like that was yeah. necessary. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they're all female. Or maybe I'm mixing it up with a later entry on this issue on this uh, issue. Ooh. Um, so the leftover shell of their egg um then eventually becomes the dragon's lair. <gasps> what? Oh yeah, I've heard about this. So the outside of the egg, um, similarly to the dragon themselves is the same silvery color as astral space, therefore making it virtually invisible unless one is within 30 feet of it or looking directly into the darkened open end that the dragon emerged from. Yo. So as the dragon grows, the egg does as well. Um, It's noted that how it does this is unknown, (laughs) which actually, now that I think more and more about this, this really does remind me of the soul pearl thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, and the egg maxes out at about 30 feet in diameter. Uh, young astral dragons use their eggs as treasure hoards uh, and maintain... Yeah, they literally just... <laughs> yes. Yeah, bring treasure and put it back in their egg. Um, and maintain a mental link with their eggs. Uh, they can always find their way back to them, even when on another plane. Yeah, this reminds me of the lung dragon soul pearl thing. Yeah. 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 It, it does, but still really fucking cool, though. Right. Um, so, young astral dragons typically spend most of their time on the prime material plane, similar to the Githyanki, uh, where time passes more quickly, and older astral dragons tend to spend more of their time on the astral plane. Uh, whenever an astral dragon enters adulthood, it leaves its egg for a larger layer, uh, typically an abandoned dwelling of another race, aka usually the Githyanki. Um, <laughs> because, like I said... These guys uh, top out at about 80 feet long. So eventually a 30-foot diameter egg is not going to... Not going to Not really going to hold it there. (laughs) Yeah. Ancient astral dragons rarely leave the astral plane and have no limit to their natural lifespan besides outside forces or illness. Oh. Yeah. So So effectively immortal. Effectively immortal. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I, I like that. 
they keep resplendent hordes and travel the plains in order to fill them, and they have a particular penchant for the ornate armor and weapons of the Githyanki. <laughs> I think these guys just like to pick on the Githyanki. I, I think, think they so. do. Which, I mean, fair. Like, th- I'm sure there are plenty of other residents in the Astral Plain, but yeah, they're and- just, like, mm-hmm. going for the Githyanki here. Yeah, and they also, um, another favorite kind of target of theirs is, like, things brought into the astral plane by travelers. Yeah, that okay. sort of thing. Uh, their hordes also usually contain more magic items than any other type of dragon. Um, they have a particular fondness for magic items, though some of these items may not seem magical until used on the prime. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I guess in comparison to the astral plane. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that there is something, like, it, there would probably be a magical item that it's like, oh, within a 50 diameter foot bubble there's no gravity <laughs> on the astral plane it's like okay okay cool so um this is going to be a little off the cup because i actually forgot to d- d- part in the curtain a little bit i took a break at this part <laughs> when i was writing these and i forgot about this bit and i just moved on to the next type of dragon so um this is coming straight from the source. straight from the source straight from the source so um i mentioned their effective immortality Um, An exemption to that is illness. Uh, Astral dragons are subject to a strange and, they say rare, uh, disease called astrolomitis. 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 Itis means inflammation. Yeah. So. Inflammation of the astral plane? (laughs) Inflammation of the astralom. That's the thing in their... I don't know. Um, And this uh, eliminates the dragon's ability to plane shift. Um, Which, they say it's rare. This ailment has a 1% chance per use of plane shift of affecting the dragon when it reaches any plane other than the astral plane. That doesn't sound rare. Yeah, no. That's not... Especially given that they can do it every six seconds. Yeah, Yeah. that really doesn't sound rare. Like, I realize, yeah, it's 1% chance, but like you said, they can do it every six seconds. A rare but serious side effect. Bitch, no. (laughs) If they just keep repeatedly blinking for, like, an hour, chances are good they're gonna get this. So, you know... Also, I know the word blink is not what this technically is, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That's the level of effort they expend to do it. So it's not that rare. Like, in in my humble opinion. Yeah. And maybe like a one in, I don't know, 8,192 chance would be rare, but whatever. Uh, Once the dragon discovers that it is permanently separated from its home plane, um, it goes insane, uh, savagely attacking any anything around it which like you don't say no no like <laughs> yeah I, I don't blame them yeah they can't get back to their home so i would be a little upset yeah right so in this frenzied state the dragon cannot uh cast spells but it can still use its breath weapon um and all of its physical attacks do double damage it says uh because of the, quote, strength of its madness, which is pretty fucking metal. Um, yeah, just yeah. a metal verbiage there. Um, the dragon fights unceasingly for two to five days without rest, then collapses and dies within one to four hours. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Which I would imagine, 
at what point is that does that have anything i don't think at that point that has anything to do with the illness i think it's just from exertion yeah yeah i mean especially if you're fighting like non-stop if you're for, just constantly blasting your breath weapon and you know yeah i mean you're gonna get exhausted and then you're just gonna die gonna die yeah uh, it says no known cure exists for this disease except for a wish spell. Uh, and if the dragon is transported back to the astral plane via some other method, like someone teleports it there or it finds uh, like a physical portal or something like that, the illness and the like side effect of the madness subside, but it will never be able to travel to another plane again. So I think I would still pick that one over the, you know, dying from exertion and after going on and fucking rage, mad rampage for two to five days. Yeah, me yeah. Too. yeah, I would I would take being stuck in the astral plane to not go through that. Thanks. <laughs> right. Also, like one. Per, that's not even that ain't rare per, per use of plane shift. That's not rare. No, maybe like <sighs> like got a question there. Per, use of the phrasing here i feel like that's the kind of thing that i wouldn't have even assigned a number to because i feel like that would be the kind of thing that would probably be such a big deal that it would have to be up to dm discretion yeah as opposed to just like there happens to be an astral dragon and every six seconds you're just rolling a percentile die to see if it gets sick and ends up somewhere else yeah no no just just no no yeah it's just too much, man. Right. That's that's excessive. So, um, back to happier, happier things about these yeah. guys, I guess. Um, astral dragons are amongst the most powerful of all draconic spellcasters. So, an ancient astral dragon, which they become ancient at 401 years old, uh, is equivalent to an 8th level magic user. And for every 200 years after that, they gain another level of ability. Because, like I said, they are functionally immortal. Unless they get astralomitis and still want to know why it's called that. Yeah, like what, what, <laughs> what part of it is getting inflamed? The astralom. It's it's what they use to plane shift, and it's in their butt. I don't know. Uh, hmm. That would honestly, that would be my best guess. Is that it's whatever specialized organ allows them to plane shift the way they do gets inflamed. From I don't know, using it too much. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I mean, sure, it's kind of like your appendix. I mean, Why I don't not? use my appendix to plane shift. <laughs> Maybe that's what our appendixes are for. And no one has just figured out how to actually activate yeah. it. Yeah. We solved oh, it. That you, you did, you did <laughs> I it. did it. I cracked the code, guys. We solved the mystery. I <laughs> figured it out. Oh. That was a good show. Sorry. What? What? <laughs> Figure it out. Oh, I remember that show. I was like, wait, am yeah, I the only I, one that knows this? No, I know the show. I just forgot the title. Thank God. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time yeah. that I haven't known. <laughs> what the fuck you were talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, for one, no, what the fuck fair. Travis was talking about. But also just like a piece of quintessential pop culture that I didn't know about. I don't... I honestly don't even know if you can consider that pop culture at this point, though. Oh, you know what I mean, though. Like, some kind of media thing. Yeah. Anyway, their uh, claws and, like, hands are dexterous enough to be able to open scrolls and spell books, which they use to vary their repertoire of spells, so... And they also don't live in the ocean, so... 
It's not going to ruin their books, like the aquatic dragons. Oh, which, yeah. you know, that's good. Always a plus. Um, <laughs> piling on more to there, these these guys are just a big middle finger to the Githyanki. <clears throat> uh, they can sense psionics within 240 feet oh, of God. them. Oh, God. And while they cannot use psionics, nor are they immune, they have a plus six to save against psionic blast. <laughs> they really are just the biggest middle finger to the Githyanki it's ever. It's beautiful. I love it. I, it's, it's amazing. So they're also a big middle finger to astral travelers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. First, let's talk about the breath weapon. Okay. Um, their breath weapon is a 180 foot long and 10 foot wide cylinder of force that affects anything caught within as though they've been hit by a feeble mind spell. A okay. hundred and eighty foot long? Yes. What the shit? Why? Why the shit? Also that. I mean, I feel like if you're in the astral plane, you're probably like... Okay. I mean, not... Okay. The, I don't think a, an, a level three party is going to run afoul of one of these things and just get fucking destroyed. You know I what mean, I mean? No. Pro- probably not. But now, unless your DM I mean, hates you. To be fair, under the right circumstances, like a level twenty plus party could run afoul of one of these things and get fucked up. So, uh, yeah, you know. Um, additionally, uh, movement on the astral plane is based on intelligence, and therefore creatures affected right. by this cannot move more than thirty feet per round. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, it they just, essentially their breath weapon is essentially a beam of stupid. It, yeah, it yeah. just it stupefies you and or stupidifies. Sorry. No, I, I like stupefy too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It probably that probably is a side effect. Yeah, you probably feel that way if you got hit by a feeble mind spell. Stupefied. Stupefied. Just also, God damn. Fuck you. Is that they can use their breath weapon six times a day. What a the of, fuck? A lot of varieties can only use it three times, as I've mentioned also several um. times. But I feel like three times a day is pretty par for the course, especially for, um, like, breath weapons in older editions. Okay, fair. But, like, also... So, well, no, that's what I'm saying, is but, three is so oh, common yeah. that it's like, oh, these guys can use it six times. Fuck you. Just, my God, man. This really is just the biggest fuck you it's, so yep <laughs> perhaps even worse than their breath weapon is their bite believe it or um, not um you know what's um, worse than their breath their bite i yes. am curious as to why that is the case um upon a hit uh their bite attack has a 20% chance to sever the target's silver cord. Oh. As if struck by a uh, Githyanki's silver sword. Oh. oh no. um, individual astral travelers are usually killed in this way as they are separated from their group. However, if the spellcaster who transported the group to the astral plane is struck and killed in this way, the entire party will die. Oh, well, well then. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, this ability, uh, or this uh, trait of their bite attack, uh, coupled with their ability to sense psionic powers, means that astral dragons will always go after magic users or psionicists first. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. it, I don't like it, but it, it, it does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are like, wow. These guys are just a huge middle finger to everybody else in the astral plane. Yeah, I'm just going to assume that everyone in the astral plane just 
stays like as far away from as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't forget, they have like partial camouflage too. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually did forget about I did. that. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are. <laughs> Can you please tell me the their alignment so I know how scared I need Neutral. to be? Oh. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. You told me that already, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. But it's okay. Yeah. I my, I got mind flooded by finding out about these. Were you? Were you monstrous? Stupid? Yes, I was stupefied. stupefied would you say? <laughs> you get mind blasted and then become stupefied, and then they kill you. Yeah, by eating your eating your friend, your wizard friend. Oh, oh. God. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like being neutral on the one hand, like they're not evil, but also like they don't give good. a shit. They, you know, I would imagine that they could be they could be capricious enough to just be like, I don't like you. Yeah, I don't like your face. I'm gonna eat your wizard friend, and then you'll you'll all die. Unless so. you are the wizard friend, and then it's just I'm gonna eat you. Yep. So, moral of the story is... Don't go to... Just honestly, just don't go to the astral plane. Yeah, just... Yeah, actually, really. yeah. That's the moral of, like, five of our episodes. It's just don't go to the astral plane. Just don't go to the astral plane. That's the best bet, really. Like... Yeah. It, it's just there to fuck you. That's it. Yeah. It just... It it's just depends on how it's going to fuck you. Exactly. So, uh, next... Uh, this next uh, section was actually not written by Mr. Detweiler. It was written by Mr. Greenwood. One hey, Greenwood. what is up, Mr. Greenwood? Uh, were dragons is what's up. Were dragons? Where? Dra- I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Like I I repeated it, and then I repeated it again, and then my mind was like, wait, wait, <laughs> is this what I think it is? Okay. Not probably not. So oh, oh okay. Okay, let me explain. Yes. Uh, Where dragons are dragons that in draconic form uh, resemble wingless copper dragons, uh, albeit more slim and iridescent, kind of like an iridescent silvery blue color. Um, And they range anywhere from 12 to 36 feet long. And also uh, they fly, they can fly, with aforementioned mysterious head organ. Pearl, I've decided. However, they have the ability to take the form of a human female whenever they desire. Uh, Life goals. <laughs> oh, like I was literally reading this, and I was like, "I want this to be me." Not to part the curtain too much for things I'm about to talk about, but I literally was reading this, and I was like, "This is my OC. Do not steal." Life goals or wife goals. Life goals or wife goals. Honestly, so, I mean, it's not unusual for a dragon to have unusual. some sort of shape shifting ability, but uh, it's a little unusual to be specific to a female human. So their human, f- <laughs> their human form appears as that of a uh, human female of about twenty years of age, uh, and this of is regardless of how uh, old the dragon is. Uh, with a comeliness score of at least oh 18. Uh, we've mentioned comeliness Whoa, again. Whoa. Return of comeliness. So go ahead and just explain the comeliness again. It's just a score of how hot you are. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's based partially. I think it's it's based partially on charisma. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while. I think I talked about comeliness in the OA episode, actually. You did, yeah. Yeah. So they're just, all they're They're all hot. <laughs> They are, like... <laughs> they are all hot women. Super hot women. That is also a dragon. That is yeah. also a dragon. Is there a Lewin purpose? has... No, Lewin 
opened the chat room. <laughs> Lewin started the chat. Lewin started the chat. I was literally reading this like, this can't be real. This is like Ed Greenwood laser targeting me. <laughs> yes, yes it is. So, um, they are fertile in both human and draconic form. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, also the word fertile specifically was used. Now we're, now we're getting weird. Now, now no, it's no, it's not weird. Yeah, and always produce other were dragons, regardless of whether the father was a human or dragon. So the 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 thing about this is these are essentially draconic asari. Um, yeah, yeah, they they're, are. They, and they're described specifically in. The, I didn't write this down in my notes, but they are described as all female. So it's not just a subset of dragons that can only take a female humanoid form for whatever reason. Well, human. Um, the specific word human was used. I don't know if that's just maybe in place of humanoid or if it's specifically like human. I mean, I want to say even at this point, they did have the distinction between human and humanoid. Yeah, I feel like they did have that pretty. So it, it pretty was a uh, nailed probably in there. a um, pretty intentional word choice. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, no, this wasn't actually Ed Greenwood laser targeting me. Because if he were laser targeting me, they'd be an elf or a half elf. So it, it's just pretty close. Close, but no cigar, Mister Greenwood. Um, you almost got her. Almost got me. <laughs> um. So they are, <laughs> they are chaotic, neutral, in alignment. <laughs> Same. I mean, okay. Uh, hashtag life goals or wife goals. Um, so, so, I feel like I'm about to answer the question you guys probably had. Uh, were-dragon is a bit of a misnomer, as they are not truly lycanthropes. They are not lycanthropes. Okay. Um, okay, that, this is better. The only trait they share with other lycanthropes, because, besides the general... Theme, ability to shift, shift forms, forms. Uh, is an immunity to the attacks of normal weapons. So, they don't forcibly change with the moon phase... It's not a disease. Um, their abilities cannot be cured or suppressed in any way that, you know, like they, they don't, they can't uh, spread it in any other way other than reproducing. Right. So it's not like canthropy. Where dragon just sounds cool. It does. And it's also the kind of thing that when you're reading an article and you're, you know, you scroll down, you see where dragon? What? <laughs> and then you scroll back up, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you see the Fuck phrase yeah. "were dragon." You're just like, mm, mm, I want to know what that is. Maybe how do it's we- just us? But uh, what I'm is that? It. What is that? And how do I become one? Yeah, how do I get afflicted with that? You don't apparently. Yeah, sad, sad. So, in addition to the usual draconic traits as mentioned earlier, they have extended ninety foot infravision, the ability to detect hidden or invisible objects within thirty feet. Typically, dragons can detect. Um, like things that have their their spec is that they can detect things that have been polymorphed or creatures that are invisible. Right. Um, where dragons can detect hidden or invisible objects as well. Um, the ability to use tongues at will and the ability to cast fifteen foot radii, light and darkness spells every six turns. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they're also immune to all mind altering spells and do not truly sleep. Therefore, they cannot be surprised. Uh, the transformation between forms takes one round, is silent, does not affect their HP, destroys any clothing or armor worn in the human form, and is completely within the dragon's control. Like I said, no... No full moon. No moon phase silliness, nothing like that. 
Um, they can remain in one form for as long as desired, and they retain all knowledge and awareness in either form. So they're closer to like a shapeshifter than like a yeah. They're tr- they're thing. closer to um oh I forget if Hengayokai were like this. I forget if Hengayokai retained their intelligence. I don't remember. Anyway, um, where dragons are very good actors, as I'm sure you can imagine, and prefer to live in humanoid communities as opposed to solitude, uh, like a lot of dragons do. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's very different to a lot of dragons. Um, For whatever reason, they do not consort with their own kind, which they can recognize immediately on account of the whole dragons can see... Dragons have true seeing, essentially. Right. But they typically are able to blend in with human societies basically perfectly. Um, uh, makes sense. Yeah. With the shape-shifting. The whole shape-shifting into hot woman thing. Yeah. 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 Um, they, I thought this was interesting. Um, they are described as, quote, not as vain as other dragons and sometimes submit to temporary dominance, not my wording, if they <laughs> deem it to be the right play. And I thought this was interesting just because it, like, okay, I'm not saying I feel this way, um, and I'm not <laughs> saying this to cast any kind of aspersion on Ed Greenwood. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I feel like it's it's an interesting choice to to describe the essentially hot lady dragon as not as vain, because I feel like that's not a choice that most people would have made. Yeah, they Like, would've... I feel like if they were going to bring their vanity into the equation, they would have made them extremely vain. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting. No, that that is, I would say, certainly one of the most unique points I've seen. And I think to, I think also to say not as vain is just, is not necessarily just physical vanity, but I think it's not, is it's not as easy to flatter them as it is other kinds of dragons. Yeah. It's not as easy to stroke their ego. I mean, if they want me to... St- nope. Whoa. Nope. Whoa, <laughs> man. Whoa. Oh, Lewin has left the chat. Whoa. Lewin has been banned from the chat. Um, Lewin created the chat, and Lewin <laughs> was then left ban- the chat. Was then banned from the chat. Um, they often... <laughs> this is fun. They often amass treasure by seducing rich suitors, then killing them later in dragon form. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, fucking metal, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. They're described as, quote, usually the equal of any sage when dealing with the history of the lands they have inhabited, end quote. They remind me a bit of the, how oh, was it, the Changlong? The, oh. the the weather that's not rain dragons. No, the, the, the ones the that rain, the rain, the ones that, um, are like the nobles with, uh, that hang out with humans on fucking riverboats and shit. Yeah. yeah. And babies and stuff. Yeah, those. The feudal lord ones. Because the other ones are the handmade ones. Um, <laughs> fuck. Um, also, it says... A, a, the, the phrasing in this is funny to me. Um, apparently, one is rumored to have lived in Waterdeep, uh, hiding as the consort of a military officer. And I'm going to say, this is, this is written by Ed Greenwood. That's him saying, this is absolutely true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he's the one in control of that... That uh, campaign setting that entire <laughs> so that's ed greenwood saying yeah there's totally a dragon lady fucking one of the higher military officers in one and he has no idea or does he mm. maybe he maybe he's maybe, maybe he's, he's down with it maybe he's a fellow man of culture maybe he's into it you know hey you know 
You do you. Or or her, as or it were. Or her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the <were> stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. The were dragon breath weapon is a cloud of blue vapor in the shape of a cone uh, 70 feet long and 25 feet in base diameter. Uh, within the cone, for two to four rounds, the vapors will cause silence, snuff out and prevent any, any uh, natural or magical heat, fire, or electric discharge, and dispel any illusions. Uh, the vapors remain stationary regardless of any natural or magical wind uh, and vanish after two to four rounds, seemingly in reaction with the surrounding air, like a chemical reaction. Huh. So, honestly, like, the were dragons are kind of just like a grab bag of a whole bunch of crazy shit, but I'm kind of into it. And not not just because they're sexy dragon ladies. Not just. Not, not just I mean, because. that's part of it. I won't lie. I mean... I'm not going to lie. Fa- that's fair. I, that's fair. I would call you out on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if you were going to try. They're just kind of like a grab bag of random shit. Like, but I'm kind of into it. It's kind of like... <laughs> it's kind of like Ed Greenwood took a bunch of pasta, but like different kinds of pasta, like spaghetti, farfalet, and all this other stuff, and boiled it. And then to see if it was al dente, threw it all against the wall and saw what stuck. And but it was, was like, like five different kinds of pasta. Yes, you know? it's beautiful. Yes. And yes, right. beautiful. And then he was right. Yes. That, yeah. So also, <laughs> this is the second time I'm going to do this and I'm oh sorry. Boy. Oh boy. Um, fang dragons and sand dragons are also in this. Um, and I also kind of already did an episode about them. <laughs> you, you did. You did. Um, which was the, I believe it. Oh, what was it called? Dragons, Dragons with another, another palette. Palette, yeah. Yeah, um, where I talked about, uh, was it? Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because then they became the, um, Fang, Sand, and Deep Dragons became the alternate colors of Chromatic Dragons in 4th edition. So I talked about Fang Dragons and Sand Dragons in that episode. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, f- I don't know why I feel like such an asshole for being like, hey, go listen to this other episode that I did, but... I don't want to rehash it for people who have already, yeah, yeah, you know, who have already listened to that episode. So, um, stone dragons, stone dragons, stone dragons, stone dragons uh, are A great. Thing? Are great. They are great. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> That one didn't land. They can't all be winners. Um, stone dragons are about thirty-five feet long and gray in color, generally looking like a lump of rocks. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. They lack wings, um, but can leap five times a day per the spell jump. So they're not actually stone dragons. They're stone dragoons. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I literally had that one in my head yesterday, and I was like, I should write that down. And then I was like, no, I'm going to remember that one. Boo. Lewin did remember this. Lewin is, again, blocked from the chat. Uh, due to their rock-like appearance, a stone dragon has a 55% chance of blending in with their surroundings. And I just think that number's funny. <laughs> not 50, not 60, not 75, not 80, 55. A 55%. I don't know why. <laughs> just a random feeling. It's like just random enough, but not too random. Right. Yeah. It's not like 54%. This is 55 um, their hide isn't just for show or concealment. Uh, sharp weapons do half damage and must save versus crushing blow or do no damage and also break. Oh. Whoa. So don't hit this thing with your sword. No. no. Uh, the same also applies to missile weapons. So don't shoot it with your crossbow. Or magic missile, I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
Mm. Okay, this is when this is when the the asshole DM and the asshole player arguing. Yes, <laughs> about whether or not magic missile counts as a missile weapon. It is technically a magical weapon. It is technically a magical weapon. Oh, it is. I mean, it's, it's a magic, magic attack. Yeah, yeah, all magic attacks are magical. End of sentence. <laughs> all magic attacks are magical. You heard it here first, folks. I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're not you are not wrong. Uh, blunt weapons still work fine, however. So hit it with your your hammer. Club, yeah. Club hammer, mace. Fists. Fists are blunt Fists weapons. Fists are blunt weapons. weapons. <laughs> so take a monk with you. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to say, so then he he brings his, his monk party member who can't stand him into field like, oh, well, he gets to punch in and doesn't hurt. <laughs> anyway. Um, Dude, I punched a dragon. Fuck yeah. I punched a rock dragon. Uh, they say versus fire and acid at uh, minus one and take plus one damage to fire and acid. Therefore, they're essentially weak against those. But save versus cold at plus one and take negative one damage to cold, which I think is an interesting. So I have some minor questions. issue with that. I also have uh, questions. Because it's a stone dragon. It Fire should not be affecting it that much. Y- yeah. Fire I, does not do much to stone other than scorch it unless it's like super fucking hot. Oh, also, um, this article was by, uh, Mike Persinger. I forgot to. Thank you, Mike. Um, but I love how I say thank you to these people for talking about dragons. I mean, cause same, like, though. same. I thank you. Thank you for the dragons. This next bit about the resistances does make sense, though. Um, Earth-based attacks that do not provoke saving throws do half damage against stone dragons, and Earth-based attacks that do provoke saving throws either do half damage or no damage, depending on if the stone dragon saved or failed, which this is kind of like 5th edition's um, evasion, like the rogue ability evasion. Um, spells such as stone to flesh have no effect on stone dragons, which is probably good. Yeah. <laughs> well, for them. For, for them. For them, for sure. For anyone else. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, they're lawful neutral, so they're probably not gonna... Intentionally hurt you. Yeah, they're probably not gonna go out of their way to hurt you unless you're, like, jaywalking. <laughs> I... Hmm. You know. Um, stone dragons are very solitary and inhabit, wow, believe it or not, rocky desert-like areas. What? <laughs> they no. like rocks. Never no, they live guessed. in the fucking ocean. Um, they rarely interact with... Uh, the likes of men, but when approached can be very helpful or very harmful. <laughs> hmm. That, As are you often, willing to take this risk? I mean, if Lewin and dragons are involved, what do you think? I mean, the answer is yes. No, I'm too, I'm too busy off trying to find and seduce a were-dragon. <laughs> um, Not wrong. They can... They, fuck. Uh, they, they can fuck. <laughs> they can fuck. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't say if they can or not. Uh, They eat rocks for sustenance and consider gems delicacies. Same. Uh, Preferring them over any other form of treasure to a degree even greater than the average dragon. These guys fucking love gems. I've I've noticed. Um, They will often trade other types of treasure for gems, even up to double the actual value of the gem. So, Hmm. and it's funny. They're not very smart traders. I mean... They just love gyms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what you said is just, not incorrect. Because they just eat them. Um, stone dragons gain a variety of, believe it or not, 
earth-based spells as they age. These guys, also these guys seem to, they acquire these spells, um, like they use them as magic users, but they acquire them kind of naturally. Okay. Like how, um, I believe it was sand dragons acquire them in a pretty similar manner to druids, um, but they use them as magic users. Wait, you mean sorcerers? No, it was no, it was druids in this. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, in this um, era of source material. No, you're you're right. My bad. Yeah, no, it, similar to how sorcerers do in modern D and D. Modern D and D, though, um, and these include but are not limited to shatter, transmute rock to mud, wall of stone, stone shape, statue, conjure earth elemental, earthquake, and allies. And allies is a power that is similar to charm monster but only affects rock-based creatures such as Earth Elementals, Umber Hulks, that kind of thing. Hmm. Which all does make sense. So, um, (laughs) for some reason, these guys have three different breath weapons. G-Stone Dragons, how come Askarath lets you have three breath weapons? (laughs) You couldn't even get through that without laughing. It was was pretty good. No, I just hit my... my, uh, the, the ball against my teeth. And I was worried for a moment. Um, Each of which are usable three times per day. So they essentially get nine breath weapons a day. Um, God damn, man. (laughs) You don't need that many breath weapons. It's fine. These aren't quite as... Beefy? Not quite. Um, As the feeble mind Ray. No. Um, The first shoots five to ten three-foot diameter rocks. I'm sorry. Did you just tell me that that wasn't as beefy? Hmm. I feel like I've been lied to. From the dragon's mouth, which are waste products from the dragon's diet. Um, I mean, they eat rocks and gemstones. So it's not quite... As gross as it could be? No. I mean, it's literally just literally rock missiles. I would honestly, I would take getting hit by one of these than getting hit by the stupid ray. (laughs) So um, the second is a gas cloud, um, five feet wide, six feet long and three feet deep. Um, And it acts like a slow spell for as many rounds as the dragon has hit dice. However, the cloud loses effectiveness after one round. So essentially you have to be in it when it hits to be affected by it. If you walk into it afterwards, it seems like you're fine. You're that's just, my understanding of the reading. That that's what it sounds like. Yeah. If it loses its effectiveness after one round, then yeah. yeah, it just it just if you are hit by this effect, it lasts for as long as the dragon has hit dice. Um, the third is also glass a uh, gas cloud. Excuse me, of the same dimensions. However, if anyone caught within fails to save, then they are turned to stone. Oh no! Oh, that's Jesus. a little beefy. Um, the effects of this petrification are permanent, but may be reversed through typical magical methods. Okay, so not so stone too to flesh. Beefy. You know, stone to flesh. You don't need spell. a. You don't need. Yeah. Well, you don't need a wish. Like yeah. your friend was digested or something. <laughs> digested. <laughs> you know. It's just you, you're normal, you're normal like stone to flesh kind of thing. You just have to make sure you can bring them back and try not to break anything off of them in the process. <laughs> you broke up my dick, guys. I hate you. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing. Well, I, I know why it was the first thing you went for because I'm you. I'm. <laughs> Hello, this is Lewin. Hi, I'm. In I'm case you haven't met her, twelve years old on the inside. So that's all I have <laughs> on these. Dragon, dragon, dragons. Dragon, dragon, dragons. That the well keeps going deeper. But you know what we still haven't covered? Like red dragons. Just like fucking 
Chromatic and metallic, yeah. Yeah, just like fucking regular ass red dragons. Oh, I thought you were going to say elves part two. I mean, also that, yeah. What's an elf? Elves aren't real. Thank you, the government everyone. government just wants you to think that. So much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of our various social media platforms. Spread the word to your friends, your family, your Anyone coworkers. Your friends who might be were dragons. Well, give them Lewin's number. You'll, Before, you'll nope. You'll you'll know it. Yeah. <laughs> Just it, it'll come to you because, in that moment. Yeah, in that moment. That's the only time her number will truly be revealed. Or just her Twitter handle. That would work, too. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Or my... Real, I mean, really anything. Yeah, that too. Call me. <laughs> Stupid. If you no. have anything you want to suggest as a topic for us. Or if you're a were-dragon who wants to... <laughs> you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully I'll see it before Taylor and Travis do. And we're just... We're, we gotta get out of this. Thank you once again... <laughs> for listening and we will catch you here next week hopefully if we haven't driven you away on Dungeonpedia no, I'm not allowed to do the rest of the Dragon's Beast theory entries I mean I think you're required to now but I, I think they make me crazy they make you crazy <laughs> <laughs>